<coughs> in Jesus name we pray Gracious Heavenly Father, once again, our heart rejoices when we come together to hear from you. Lord, hide us behind your cross. Open our spiritual eyes and mind to understand the truth, what you are going to speak to, to us. Let your anointing flow through each and every one of us, even at this time. Take charge over us. In Jesus' most exalted name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope you are all ready to hear God's word as you are prepared. Yes. Amen. Today the promise came to us saying about the good works God starts or began in each and every one of our life. Do you believe that? Amen. Today, contradict to that word, I have titled the message, Destroy the Dead Works. There are good works as well as there are dead works. What are they? Why we should be? We should be aware of it. Let us turn to Hebrew chapter 6 verse 1. Therefore, Leaving the discussion of the elementary principle of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead works and of faith toward God. The key word is the dead works. When you read Galatians chapter 5, from 19 to 21, the list of sin is mentioned. It starts with, now the work of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, liveliness, adultery, sorcery. It goes on. But those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is the end of it. So it is so evident, all these things can be seen outwardly, and it is easy to identify and say that, yes, this is the sin. If I do that, or if I commit that sin, I will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is true. But the New Testament, not only speaking about the dead works which have or mentioned in the Galatians 5.19 to total, of course they are. And also speaks about, as he mentioned in Hebrew 6.1, only people, those who dust adultery or a list of the things, these works can be sin and open as a sin, as I said. But the true believer cannot commit such a sin without any guilt in his heart. So the list of sins mentioned in Galatians, they are well open. Any believer cannot commit such a sin openly without guilt in their heart. That's what I want to say. But the dead works are very cunningly deceiving anyone. 
anybody it is not only believer not only a member not only the, even the leaders it will deceive them outside it may look good to our eyes but the source of it is very scary and one has a bible emphasizing it in romans 7 verse 18 romans 7 paul is writing verse 18 for i know that in me that is in my flesh nothing good dwells for to will is present with me but now to perform what is good i do not find that's what he says so however it looks to our eyes to the sight of our god they are like a filthy rags what is eden in us in our flesh which no one can see even you are ignorant about it but god can see everything which you are doing it knowingly or unknowingly and they are considered as a filthy rag that was that was isaiah 64 verse 6 says it read like this but we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousness are like a filthy rags we all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away that's why we should repent not only from sin also from dead works after laying the right foundation we can move on to perfection that's what hebrews 6:1 exalts us so most of the believers knows very well as i said the blood of christ can cleanse all our sins but what they do not know is that before coming to serve the lord serve the living god they should be cleansed with the blood of jesus christ and free from their dead works that's what even hebrew 9:14 we read how much more shall the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to god cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living god i say it again cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living god so that is why it is so important for us to know what are the dead works are when pastor was praying and exalting from the promise of of today's promise one more thing came to my mind see the promise reads like that for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this very thing that this important that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of jesus christ it is he who began the good work in this it is god who begin a good works in us if god begins a good works 
it will continue, God will accomplish it. If we, by ourselves, start any work, you think that it is good, that will not continue. That's what I was reminded when he was praying. It is very true. In my experience in this country, I have seen many things like that. Many churches, many pastors, there are the fellowship started, at present existing. More than 58 uh, prayer groups or fellowship or churches are here. That you are not, may not be aware of it. But uh, many are started and they are no more. So that reminds us, if God doesn't start that work, that will not remain. That not only as a church, as a group, even individually, if you, if God used you to start a good work, if he thought, definitely it will continue until the last coming. If you yourself, in your flesh, if you start it, that will not continue. That was the reminder, which I was reminded as he was praying. And thank God for the... God, how oh, in every moment, that's what I always I used to exalt you and encourage you. Every moment, expect God to speak to you. It is not only the time of preaching. The moment you enter, expect how, on what circumstances, in through whom God is going to speak to you. What is the word for you? And that will be a blessing to you as well as the blessing for others. Amen? Amen? Now, what are the good words, the dead words? Number one. Works without joy are the dead work. When you wanted to serve God, there should be joy in it. You should be excited to serve the Lord. If there is no joy, that is a dead work. That is a dead work. Deuteronomy 28, from 47 to 48. Because you did not serve the Lord, your God, with joy and gladness of heart, for the abundance of everything. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you, in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in need of everything. And he will put you a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. This is the word of God. If we do not serve God joyfully, with joy and gladness of your heart, that is a dead work. For an example, another thing, even in giving, Second Corinthians 9.7 says, Let each one of us give, he has purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves the one who does his will, and meets them who rejoices and does the righteous thing. In Isaiah 64, 5, You met him who rejoices and does righteousness, 
who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned in these ways we continue and we need to be saved. That means, giving to the Lord should be joyful. As an example about the tithe we take of it, as for the Old Testament law, as for the Old Testament, it is a law given to us. But for the people under the New Testament, neither Jesus Christ nor the apostles thought about it as a commandment. In these days, many churches, they force or compel the members to pay their tithes with different scriptures, either tempting them about their prosperity or threatening them about the God's curses or a judgment, rather than encouraging them the joy of giving is a blessing. Let me repeat it again. Many churches in these days, for this very reason, are split into pieces. Many churches, they threaten the members, quoting the scriptures of prosperity, of giving. Or, they threaten them, if you don't give, you will be having this kind of things, or go into the poverty, or so on. Neither do instead of encouraging them, the joy of giving to the Lord is a blessing, they do these things. So, ultimately the result is, people sit in those fellowships without joy, without peace. Some of the, it is very true. I am not telling you just as a, for the name's sake. It is very true. Many, many people, I heard myself through many, many people, what they are saying, why you are there, it is, how is the fellowship? It's going. It is tolerable. Tolerable in the sense, they force themselves to sit in those places. Not joyfully. Not having the true fellowship. Not having the true peace which God promised to that individual and they are not utilizing it. So, that's what I am telling. The joy of giving. Serving, even the giving to the Lord, it should be joy. It is a service. It is a part of your service. Whether it is giving to the Lord in the church or giving to the sowing to the ministry, missions, whatever it is, it should be joy. You should not be forced. You should be cheerful from your heart. So, whatever you do without joy, that became your dead work in the sight of God. God is not pleased. Maybe the pastors whom you are paying, maybe the churches whom you are paying, they may be very happy about it. But it is not God. Delights in you giving, which you give, gurging, which gurges. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 But this I say, who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, 
and he also bountifully will also reap bountifully this is the very common scripture we quote so to encourage and what is the joy of giving and receiving it so in that case it is not you are not forced you are self lend from somewhere and giving to the lord so that i will give more and i will receive more that is not the principle let us not misuse it or misunderstand what we are saying from here if we give more from a bud if your heart is most important than what you are giving from your hand if your heart is full and you are happy and you are joyfully giving to the lord whatever it is not the amount what you are giving from your heart what is god belongs to god that you give that's it god sees the rest of the thing you wait and see so that's what so whatever you do without uh, any joy really real joy in your heart if you give it grudgingly and it is not necessary god is not pleased in your giving secondly works without love or debt works without love is debt matthew 22 37 to 40 jesus was saying jesus said to him you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and the great commandment and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets was what you saying that means god has given us the commandments and he has summarized into two commandments love the lord love your neighbor if you break either two any one of this the whole thing collapses all ten commandments are no way so then love the lord and love your neighbor the whole ten commandments are covered in this two as i said but what has happened on this basis only the evangelist church is condemned their work is not closely led by god's love or love with a brethren that we read it in uh, revelation chapter 2 revelation chapter 2 2 and 4 revelation chapter 2 verse 2 and 4 i know your works your labor your patience and that you cannot bear those who are evil and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and i have found them liars and you have preserved that have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary nevertheless verse 4 i have this against you that you have left your first love this is the case of every believer no one can deny it the in the beginning the very beginning when we accept christ it is really exciting and we are very active we become very jealous and zeal having zeal to serve the lord allow the lord we will do everything as an expression of our joy towards him 
attending the fellowship, studying the word, and digging this thing, that thing, asking the questions, so much. And we wanted to do something to the Lord. What all, what all we can do, what all we can do, this, 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 this. I do not know. It, it, uh, what I am saying is for the real believer. With the conviction those who accepted. Let me repeat it again. What I am saying about the experience of a new believer in the Lord, who is really convinced in his heart and accepted Jesus Christ, he will jump up in the beginning. If anyone who accepting Christ are going to uh, obeying the Lord through water baptism, because somebody has said, you cannot exercise or you cannot see any expression or any activity in that person. He will be like as before, maybe as it is said, before he was a dry sinner, after that they become a wet sinner. That's it. That is the difference. There may not be any changes in them, you cannot find it. But, for the true believer, who has conviction in his heart, and accepted Christ, that person will jump up from that place. He will express all his joy and happiness and peace and run here and there, east to west to telling the good news and sharing the love of Christ to others. That is the experience. What I am saying is, that will be the beginning. But when the times goes on, they become cold. That is the experience here. That is the experience here. So in the beginning, as yes, what are you did with so many works. But now, you have forgotten the first love. That is what God is not pleased with. If any of us sitting here, as a reminder of this, just remember about your first love when you accept Christ. If you are living the same life today, thank God for it. If not, it is a time, uh, it is a reminder for you to repent before God and say sorry for it. Because that is considered as a dead wall, which is God is not pleased with. John 21, 15 to 17, Jesus was saying, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? You know the incidents, what has happened. It is not just bless the people, those who curse us. We also should love them as Christ loves us. The same we learn to love everyone, even from the fellowship. It is what our, the scripture, what I mentioned, the incident is, God is seeking each and every one of us to love the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, with all our strength. That is what, when Jesus asked Peter three times, he was totally broken in his heart. Then he confessed, yes Lord, there is no other words for him to express it. Because he understood very clearly, and he is very much convinced in his heart, he was totally broken, and with all, you know, what do you call it? Anguish. He said, yes, Lord, you know it. So don't go for that situation. If at all you want, yes, that is nothing wrong in that. But God will ask you 
Do you love me? Do you love me? That question should be in you every time. Whenever you pray, whenever you miss anything, whenever you are tempted, whenever you get, you sense that you are getting into your committing into any sin, God will ask you, do you love me? If you love me, you may not do so. Even a lie. So, he encourages, love your enemies. And if anyone, you are any, bless them. It is not just bless them. We cannot just bless the enemy alone. But he also says that, love them. Without love, you cannot bless anybody. Hello? Is it possible? Is it possible to bless anybody without loving? Do you think that God loves you? If I say God blesses you, you will say all. But when I say God loves you, you are so quiet. Why? Both are same. Unless God loves you, you may not be here. Unless God loves you, you may not be blessed. We are here as a witnesses how much we are blessed. Amen? That's why even from the beginning, God said that God has done marvelous things in the past. Even today He is doing. Because He is the same. Whether you love Him or not, brothers and sisters, He loves you so much. In whatever the situation. Because His love is unconditional. You may put a condition to someone to love you. And someone may put a condition for you to love him and love her. But God is not so. God, God's love is unconditional at any time. Unchangeable. And it is precious. God expects such a love from us. If we do anything in the presence of God for the kingdom purposes without love, that is the dead work. That has to be destroyed. Thirdly, work without zeal. Revelation 3, 15 to 19. And we are going for all, because of the time. Just 15 to 16, 15 and 16. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or not. So, so then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Just go through these scriptures. It is the same as doing anything with half-heartedly or very casually. When you go through it, what it reminds you is, Lukewarm in the sense, doing anything with off-water or not fully convinced or is this very casual for some people. There are many examples we can say. For some people, even coming to church or attending for fellowship, attending the castle, all become optional. For some people, not I am not telling you, those who are attending regularly. Some people. Why? When everything is okay, you will be there. If not, if you have some other thing, that is first, the church activities become second. So, it becomes very optional. 
Some people take it like that. I'm not telling just for that, uh, uh, once again for, uh, just to tell you. I have, I have met people like that. I have seen people like that from this fellowship. When they were expecting people for one day, when I called them, and today, you know, oh, I am in the supermarket, I cannot make it today. Even we are ready to pick them up. When we say that I want to come and pick you, they say that I know I am not in the I am in the supermarket. If you are such a person, taking or considering optional, coming to the church or serving the Lord as an optional, if you wish you can do, if you don't wish you cannot do, no. That is the condition of this lukewarm condition. If you do so, any work which is ordained to you, it is not accepted, it is a dead work. Even in the church, we are encouraging everybody. There are opportunities. God has blessed the church. Seventeen ministries are there. Join anyway one of the ministry. But you people, of course, you indeed, for the grace of God, with the grace of God, for the glory of God, you do join. But, how many of you are very much committed to the work, what is given to you? Think about it. What are the works you are taken, you are given, assigned for? And how much you are faithful to that? How much you are committed to that work? If you are not doing, you are doing it for the sake of the church, sake of the leader, sake of the pastor. No, don't do it. If you do so, that is the dead work. That has to be destroyed. If you believe, say Amen to that. Don't sleep. I am not making you to sleep. Do you believe that? Do you understand what I mean? Whatever the works God has given to you, He promised today. What did He promise? What did He promise? If He initiated or started the, began a good work in you, He will complete it until the day of His coming. You are, so, if you believe that, you think about yourself, what, what are you today? How are you today in your work? What God has given to you? Is it given, is it begin by Christ? Or, you begin it by yourself, because someone has said, or the pastors have said from here, or your leaders have said so. No! Don't do it for your leaders. Don't do it for this church. Do it to the Lord. God will honor you. God will bless you. If it is anything against that, that is a dead work that has to be destroyed. Amen? How it will be destroyed? You should confess it. You should have a conviction in your heart. Yes, Lord. I did it. I am sorry. If you say so, from your heart, not to me, but in your heart, to the Lord, God will forgive you, God will restore you, God will bless you, you will be a more blessed to everybody. Amen? Fourthly, work without faith is death. 
we know in Christian life, faith and work goes together. Like inhaling and uh, exhaling as you are breathing. Billy Graham once said these things. Faith is taking the gospel in and the works are taking the gospel out. So Christianity always, in Christianity, the faith and works has to go together. That cannot be separated. That's what we read in James 2.26. For as far as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without work is dead. Also, like faith without work is dead. What? Complete it. Work without faith also dead. So whatever you do in serving God for the kingdom purpose, you should have faith. Why many people are suffering or finding it difficult because of lack of faith. They started with the good intentions, but they lack in between. They struggle. Why? That is lack of faith. Though faith is most necessary, faith without work is dead, and work without faith is also it is dead. If you do any work without such a conviction in our hearts, they are all as a dead work. We should not copy for an example or imitate any famous preachers or servants or so on or churches. Today Christianity is without any personal conviction simply learning to copying other churches or preachers. Please be warned that it will bring the spiritual death to any individual or even the church. If we copy anything from anybody, because you think that is something is special or you better or a blessing, and if you follow, that is not going to continue, that is not right, it is wrong, and uh, it will spoil. And uh, yesterday when I was speaking to my brother, I was telling, God has kept the church as a unique church. Each and every one of us, from creation till today, you are unique. God wants that to be always. Don't copy from somebody, I want you to be like that person. No. You, God said, I am that I am. So you should say, I am that I am. You should not be like somebody else. If you copy, you will no, we'll, we'll no more. Just one example. Hebrew 11.29. It is about all about the, our Israelites. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, land. Whereas, the Egyptians attempting to do so were 
were drowned. These things were written just as a warning to us. Let us not follow anybody or emphasize the things. As I said, every one of us are unique. So, we, God has given us each and every one measure of faith. God has given each and every one the talents which you can handle. And don't try to attain or more that from my experience, I, can, I have many things to share from my own experience, but today is not the time to share. Why? Because when you, some of you, those who are attended the disciples' training, they might have heard. How God speaks and how God gives the gift and how I not giving, why not? It is all scriptural. In his time he gives, he uses, based on your ability. If you cannot handle anything, uh, everything, you cannot expect everything to be in you. Whatever is given to you, be faithful to that. Be committed to that. Be content with that. God is going to use you. Be reminded that continually to serve Him until His return. If you don't, you will be no more. Whatever you have, you are given will be, you will be lost. So that what is mean. Don't try to copy anybody else. If you are a singer, be a singer. Don't be a preacher. If you are a preacher, be a preacher. Don't go to the singer. Hello? What are you? At least you should be, you should be happy about the greatest privilege for as a Christian for us is I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Whatever happens around the world, but I am a child of God. And God is in me. That is the great confidence. That is the strength to us. In every situation, when you are in a sick bed, you cannot be lifted up. And you need somebody to help, just pray. God will raise you up. That is, He is our God. Whether you seek Him or not, He is there. But sometimes He allows you to call Him. That's all. That is the difference. But what we do as a mistake, we call somebody else. We don't call him. There we do mistakes. So, dear children of God, be encouraged. Our God is a God who is unchanging. As he loved you in the beginning, he loves you. The promise is there. It is not only he formed you, he knows you before you are formed in the womb of your mother. But the scriptures, even before the foundation of this world, you are known or you are named. That is the promise to us. Amen? Okay, fifthly, um, what's doing for personal benefits and self-glory or dead works? Works anyone does for personal benefits and for self-glory or dead works. See, these are all not written as it is written in the, in the list of Galatians. These are all hidden, which we do not know. We are not aware. 
but they are works existing in this world. But God is warning us today, be aware of such things. They are the dead world that has to be destroyed. That is the message. As I said in the beginning, there are children, anybody, any ministry, who, whatever is started, they start with a good intention in the beginning. Subsequently, they drag to one side and the ministry is no more. It became personal. Everything became personal. Ministry is not personal. That is, belongs to him. It is his work. We are his servants. Amen? So, for nowadays, there are many, many churches. As I was sharing with Pastor, in our place, only one church, it is not as a building, as I was born, and a small, and I used to go for more than three kilometers to attend a church. Even for the Sunday school, VBS and all three kilometers I used to walk. And uh, we were worshipping in a college chapel. And uh, that was freely given. That means we don't have a own church or own place. But now, of course, in our time itself, God has given us a place, given us a church and it has grown. It is uh, more than uh, 2,000 people at present. But in that place, before it was only 10 to 20 families, now more than uh, about uh, 500, uh, sorry, uh, more than uh, 1,000, 1,500 families are there. But in that place, more than seven churches are there, street to street. Those days what I heard was only the other religious people they used to have. But they are very much limited now. But now the Christian churches, very specially, not the denominations, the individual churches, which has a different names, they have started from state to state. Some of them, of course, we appreciate for their vision, what God has given. They are a small group, they are growing, they are doing. But some of them are started just as a self-employment. I don't want to serve with somebody. I don't want to go work for somebody else so that I will get my salary. But if I start a church, I will be blessed much more than what I am getting. If this is the intention, this is the purpose, that is wrong. That is for self-benefit. That is for the self-glory. But by some pastors, some churches, when they start, even it is happening in the same church. It was some churches that started. I don't want you to name them. But, when they preach, they talk about all about themselves. I, I did it. I did it. I went there. I prayed for So much of I was there. There is no Christ in their words. Those churches are no more now. Those churches are no more. I have seen my own eyes with my experience. In fact, <laughs> they are gone from the church. So sad. Be aware of such things. If God has given you or called you for a ministry, put a foundation of Christ for your ministry. And God has to be, He has to build on that. You are calling you, He has to initiate or call you the ministry. It is He who sh He should begin that, begin that ministry. Oh, nobody is willing to do that. 
This church is encouraging each and every member to be an effective servant of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Not only a leader, not only ask you to serve in this, in this country, in this church, wherever you are. Why the discipleship training is? It is motivating each and every one of you to become a servant of God, any part of the world. For that alone you are all called. Every one of you who is sitting here, one day or the other, one day or the other, you are called to serve the Lord in the kingdom of God. He has begun you the good work in you, in this land, in this fellowship. Hello, it is already started. Be aware of such thing. Watch where. How God is going to use you. You should be a mighty servant in the kingdom of God. Through you, many of you should come to the kingdom of God. We are saved to serve the Lord and save many people. God will use this. Finally, works, actually I could not go all things, works which do not bear the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, works which we do not bear the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the sense, the cross. We should have, so we have received Christ in us as a alive. So, the works should come out from life of Jesus Christ who is live in, living in us. It is impossible to have a life of Christ without bearing our daily cross on his death. That is, what he has said, follow me daily. Why? How? Carrying your own cross and follow him. Follow me. What, 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 what he has said is, even in the first second Corinthians five ten says, always carrying about their policy, about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. So Jesus said we should carry our cross daily and I follow him. And Galatians five twenty four says, Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and the desires. So, it is not a sudden death like a short death or hand to death or a death through cross means. It is a continuous process. We are called to die. And we are, why you have to carry the cross? What, you know what is the meaning of carrying the cross? What is the meaning of it? Over carrying the cross means what? Hello? What is the meaning of carrying, suppose you are carrying a cross for what? Why Jesus carried the cross? He has to die. So, so for you it's different, it is different. For Christ it is different. If God expects you or call you to carry your cross means you are supposed to die. When you are carrying your cross. That means you are, you are, you are called to death. For what? For your sins. 
All your sins, the fleshy desire has to be nailed every day on the cross. Your flesh has to die, not your life. The soul, what God has given, not. So, every day when you die, I crucify all your sins, or nail the cross, all the sins on the cross, then only you will live a, a victorious living. Then only you live a holy life. You are called for a holiness. You have to carry your cross means all your sins has to be on daily basis has to be nailed on the cross. It is not who is to die. The one who is in you. Some, yes, that is your flesh. The fleshy nature has to be put to cross. Put to death. Through cross. So that is why you are carrying the cross. If someone is carrying a cross on the road means that is his final destiny, he is going to die. That's it. When Jesus carried the cross before 2000 years on the seat of Jerusalem, people were, oh, they knew very well that he was going to die. So this is the same case with us. So let us remember, we are wearing the cross, not carrying the cross. When you are wearing the cross, it should remind that you are nailing all your fleshy natures on the cross daily. 1 Peter 4, 1-2 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us, in the flesh. Yourselves also with me, same. And he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Verse 2. That he no longer should live in the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. John 7.38, what he said. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. If you believe and you put all your sins and the fleshy natures on the cross, definitely there will be a, out of his heart, the rivers of living water will flow. So we are called for such a life. So dear brothers and sisters, works we do without joy, without love, without faith, without zeal, Without or with seeking personal benefits and glory, or self-glory, or what? Or dead works. Knowingly doing the dead work and doing nothing for God is the same thing. Both are dangerous. Let me repeat it again. Doing good dead works, or unknowingly doing a good works. Both are ignorant of knowing about the dead walls or danger as well. If you are not aware, that also danger. Be aware of such things. Our righteous work should be like Revelation 19.8 And to her it was granted to be ordained in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous act of the saints. We are called for that. Amen? When the Lord's coming, we should be with clean and bright with a fine linen. That is the righteous act of the saints. Once again, Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, 
let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Let us destroy the dead works among us and do the righteous work of God with love, joy, faith, zeal and cross. Amen? Let's close our eyes. It's the time for us to go to the Lord's table. Let's pray for the table. Gracious Heavenly Father, once again, we come before you to the, your throne of grace. Father, as you are speaking to us till this time, we thank you for your wonderful and the living word. Now is the time for us to come to your table, O Father, which you prepared for us, which reminds us of your Son, Jesus Christ, who was crucified on the cross before 2,000 years ago for our sins. Now it is a privilege for us to come in, in union to that table, O Father. We thank you for the Lord, for the bread and the wine which kept before us, which reminds us of the flesh of Jesus Christ and also the blood of Jesus. As we take part in that, Lord my God, we pray that we will part the blessings in our life and also we will do as you commanded us to do and that will remain as Lord of your death, your burial, your resurrection and of your coming. Help us to do this until you come. Help us to do this to proclaim your word to this nation. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Since because of the time and uh, dear brothers and sisters, I am not going for the scriptures now once again. And uh, this table, as we know, as we are aware of, is prepared for the children of God, those who accepted Christ in their life as their Lord and their Savior and obeyed them into the obedience to the waters of baptism as an outward expression of their obedience. And it is kept purely for his children. So if we do, if we have any unforgiven sin in us, it is a time for you to confess before the Lord, reconcile before him, pray, and if you are convinced and you are welcome to take part in this table, if you have anything, if you are not convicted, and if you know that you are involved in any known or unknown sin in you, please stay back and it is not time for you. And if you want further any help concerning this, our leadership is always open for any clarification or any counseling in the future. So it's a time for us to come for the Lord's table. Let's cooperate with Ashes as they are guiding you. Please follow them the way they instruct you.
as we breathe this breath, we worship you. As we breathe we honor you. And we offer you our lives as you have offered yours for us. We remember all you've done for us. We remember your covenant with us. We
situation in your life, why don't you say, Lord, please remember me for good. Because of that which I've done today, I've partake of your table. I've taken that will represent your flesh and that will represent your blood. 
Remember me for good today. Open the book of remembrance for my sake. When the Lord remembered Rachel, He turned around the barrenness in our life. What is that barrenness in your life? Why don't you lay hold on that which you have done today? Lord, because I carry your blood, it's already in me. I carry your flesh. I am not permitted to be sick. Sickness out of my body. Begin to lay claim of that which you have done. Say, Lord, because Jesus was never sick, I am not permitted to be sick. Jesus was never harassed by any circumstance. I refuse to be harassed by any circumstance. I carry the blood of Jesus in me. I have the flesh of Jesus. So I experience the victory of Jesus. I experience the victory of Jesus. In every area of my life, I believe you are praying. You are taking that which belongs to you. At the table of the Lord. Jesus has everything you ever need. And you are partook of this table. Say, Lord, I take delivery of my breakthrough. Delivery of my victory. Delivery of my favor. You are asking God for something unique within this week. Why don't you lay hard, lay hold on that which you have done. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Can you imagine Jesus on an hospital bed? Have you read it in your Bible? Can you imagine Jesus being in a company and he was sacked? Was it possible? Is it possible? Can you imagine Jesus having a pain in his body? That is what you have just done. But it shall be unto you according to your faith. So if you believe because you have taken the table of the Lord, all those things are gone. I agree with you, they are gone in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you praise. We exhort you, we worship you. Thank you for the exchange. We remembered you by partaking of your table and you have remembered us. You have opened the book of remembrance on our behalf and you have turned the table around. In our favor, we give you her glory. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. As we go this week, Lord, let your awesome presence go with us in the name of Jesus. I decree everything we lay our hands on this week shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Wherever you turn to this week, men will favor you in the name of Jesus. You will find favor before God in the name of Jesus. Where others have been rejected, when you step in, because you belong to Jesus, you shall be accepted in the name of Jesus. Somebody is submitting a report this week. And you are doubting what will be the feedback from this week. The Lord is saying, go submit it with confidence. I will go with it. And through that same report, prepare for your promotion in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you praise. We exalt you, we worship you. You will say, when there is a casting down, our own story, 
will be there lifting up. I decree within this week, every decision that will be made concerning you, concerning all that concerns you, shall be in your favor in the name of Jesus. Thank you, King of Glory. We return all the glory unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Let's share the grace of God and fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Holiness and peace.